So yeah, uh, NFL draft a few weeks. Oh, not even a few weeks away. A uh, few days Eight. away. Uh, less than a week. I'm excited. But this is where I tap out. <laughs> Baseball talk. Um, I know Dylan and Jordan are excited about this. Maybe not so much Dylan, as he's a Yankees fan on a Boston sports <laughs> podcast. So, Dylan, I'm going to ask you, what is wrong with the New York Yankees? Everything. Like, I'm going to start with the lineup because the lineup's the first and that needs to be addressed. The For the past few years, the Yankees' rotation has been good enough to get by, and then the but the lineup and the bullpen have bailed it out each time. Right now, the Yankees have three batters with an OPS plus above 100. So that means that they have a bunch of batters under league average in the lineup. Um, DJ LeMahieu isn't hitting like he's supposed to. Judge is striking out a bunch. Aaron Hicks has looked horrible. Stanton's looked bad. Sanchez has looked like his normal self, so he's looked pretty terrible. Um, (laughs) Glaber, I've never been high on Glaber, but he hasn't looked good. So the lineup in general just hasn't looked like it's supposed to. It's actually like a bottom five lineup in the league statistically right now, which is not where you expect the New York Yankees to be. And then the rotation outside of Garrett Cole, we don't have guys that can go for like, into deep innings. Garrett Cole can go seven, eight innings, especially on a good day. Um, Jordan Montgomery can go deep into the game, but the problem is he uh, he does so while giving up runs because he likes to give up home runs, apparently. Herman's trash. Majority of the rotation isn't good. The only part of the squad that I can say has genuinely been good is the bullpen. Chapman looks absolutely unhittable. Loisaga's looked good. We've had good outings from Michael King. Justin Wilson we brought in. I was excited about that one. He hasn't looked very great, but at the same time, he hasn't looked awful. We've got Chad Green. Darren O'Day was a good pickup. So the bullpens looked great. The lineups looked trash, and the rotation out of one man's been trash. I believe Kluber can get back on track, maybe, but I don't know. Right now, it's really not looking good. Coming off of a good win against the Indians, but then again, for some reason, the Indians and the Twins are the two teams that we always beat. So I don't know what direction the Yankees are going in from here. We still need Voight back, and we just the lineup needs to get back on track. I don't know what they're planning on doing. I don't know if they're planning on making any trades, but it's it's been really rough. It's been really rough. Yeah, I mean, as much as I am a Red Sox fan, no one could have. I mean, I suspected the Yankees would be at the top of the division without a doubt. I mean, it wasn't. This is kind of almost flipped somewhat. I mean, the Orioles were kind of supposed to be worse than they are right now but i mean i think you like you're just from the red sox perspective i think you guys like like you said stan and judge have to you know get going i mean they're they're two mvp caliber players and they can't be i think stan's hitting under 200 right now so it's like you know and i know he's not an average guy and it's like whatever he'll go hit you know 35 bombs but he'll hit you know 250 or something like it is what it is but i don't think he even has that many home runs in the season so it's like he's got to be you know he's got to perform in some way. And it seems like both of them are struggling at the plate. And then Kluber for you guys, like you bring him in as the two pretty much by Cole and he's completely shit the bed so far. So, I mean, I think it's hard to say that the Yankees won't find it and make a race out of the AL East. But I think the problem is also, it's like you have, um, I think the Rays are like right around 500. The Blue Jays are right around 500. We're right above 500. So it's like every team in this division is, you know, capable of winning it at this point um and we'll see you know you know water always finds its level so i'm sure the orioles will start tanking soon blue jays will you know find their place in probably third and then it'll be the race between the rays the red sox and the yankees so um but for the for the Sox, i mean 
I think the, the biggest thing going into the season was that we were going to hit a lot. We were going to be one of the best offensive teams in the league with the lineup that we had with, you know, with the heart of the plate of Devers, Bogarts, and J.D. Martinez. It's hard not to have, you know, a very good offensive lineup. The whole question was, can the pitching without sale hold up? Can the bullpen, you know, the new the new and innovative bullpen that we just had from last year, can it, you know, hold up? And so far, I mean, aside from like, Garrett Richards, who's had really bad starts and for, for us in the starting pitching category. I mean, everyone else has played, you know, exceptionally well. And, um, you know, the guys who are supposed to be mashing the ball are mashing the ball. And a lot of the rookies and young guys that we've brought up, you know, this year kind of as like a, you know, sneak peek into the MLB have actually played really well. Frank, Franchi Cordero and Bobby Dalbeck have both been great. Um, and it, it, this all, I think, stems from, you know, the same argument about Chris Sale, you know, he, he's got to come back and give us that push. The Yankees are going to be on our, on our ass. The Rays are going to be on our ass the entire season. And you're not going to pull away from this division. So, you know, the, it's a good start. And I think it, it's kind of put a little bit more faith into Boston sports fans. Cause a lot of people were kind of throwing the season away. Cause it was like, you know, it, the roster just didn't look like it was going to be able to compete, but so far, I mean, they, they certainly look like they can um, make a run for the division. Yeah, yeah, going but, into the season, um, not sorry not to cut you off, but I was thinking the same thing. Like, my friend was telling me that he thinks that the Red, the Red Sox are going to be better than people give him credit for, and I was kind of agreeing. They made some moves in the offseason, and obviously pitching has always been a problem. Well, not always, but has been a problem. And the one thing that he was kind of disregarding or the, uh, was the lineup is, like, good. J.D. Martinez this season has started off pretty much reminding everybody that he's a top two defensive, no, sorry, designated hitter in the league right now uh, between like him and Nelson Cruz. He's been on an absolute tear, started off incredibly hot. The rest of the lineup looked good. There have been some guys in there that are starting off a little slow, like uh, Enrique Hernandez hasn't been great, um, but he's hovering around average right now. Like What I would do for the Yankees lineup to be looking like the Red Sox lineup right now like the, it's just all around from solid to good, and then the pitching, the bullpens looked better than I expected. Matt Barnes has looked like a very good closer this year, um, and then the lineup. Nathan Eovaldi has been holding his own. I think I don't know when Chris Chris is coming back, but if he comes back anytime soon, that would be huge for the Red Sox. Because one of the reasons why I didn't take the, this whole slump for the Yankees too serious was. The AL East, in my opinion, going into the season was a pretty weak division outside the top two teams because the Rays got worse. And then I didn't really take the Red Sox and the Orioles far too serious. But right now, the Red Sox are at the top of the division with a 12-8 and record. And the Rays, have unfortunately, look better than I expected. And then the Blue Jays, that lineup's deadly pretty much. And um, the Yankees are going to actually have to start playing well if they hope to catch up. They can't just be coasting and then somehow earn a playoff spot they need to actually start playing baseball the red sox have looked good and nobody expected that or not nobody expected them to be at the top of the division this early or mm-hmm. at all to be honest so it just kind of puts the yankees in a weird spot like how are you supposed yeah. to catch the teams ahead of you especially when you didn't expect them to be good it's kind of just like a you get you have to take a step back and um I'm I'm genuinely surprised that the Rays are any good in my like because like that lineup last year was pretty pretty bad. Um, the thing that was really carrying them was their pitching as a whole. They had a one two three punch in the rotation of Snell, Glasnow, Morton, 
And then they lost two of those guys. And now it's kind of been the Tyler Glasnow show who has been absolutely filthy. And then the bullpen <laughs> kind of stayed still pretty good. Um, yet they're still somehow like 10 and 8 right now. And I just don't know. I wanted yeah. them to fall off because it would have been huge for, you know, if I were a Red Sox fan, I would say the Red Sox and also obviously the Yankees. The Orioles are going to do their thing. They're going to fall off. They're going to finish fifth. And then the Red Sox, I mean, the, the Blue Jays, they're surprising me. The lineup is better than I expected. Bo Bichette's looked great. Vlad Guerrero was on like an eight-game hitting streak a couple of games ago. It's the AL East. I wouldn't say it's upside down because if we're upside down, the Orioles would be in second. But <laughs> it's definitely in an order that I did not expect in the slightest. Yeah, it's fair. I think that's the most baseball we've ever talked about <laughs> on New Guys Podcast. Thank you, Dylan. Um, that's pretty much all we have this week. Anybody have any closing thoughts before we wrap it up? Got nothing. Oh, oh who's gonna win NBA MVP? Who's your guys' pick? Who's who? Who's my? Who do I want to win MVP? Or who do I think? Who do I think should? Or who do I think will? Do both. I think Steph should win MVP. I agree. I think I Jokic well. will win MVP. And I agree. I agree. Well. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> if the MVP truly went to the guy that was the most valuable player in the league, Steph Curry would win it. Yeah. But Jokic fits the mold of like what the MVP is. They gave it to the guy who pretty much leads in majority of the advanced stats and has a yeah. pretty you know good standing in the record. I mean, pretty good record and high in the standings. So yeah, he's probably gonna earn it. And or, nothing against uh, sorry Anthony, but nothing against Jokic. I mean, he's having a he might finish hovering right around fifty forty ninety for a center, which I don't think has ever yeah. been done. Um, at least with the offensive output he's had. So there's nothing against Jokic and Embiid as well. I mean, they both had insane seasons. But Steph, I mean, he's on another level right now. It's it's crazy. People are using record as a – it's like, come on. It's the same – Kobe Kobe averaged 35. The, one of the years Nash won, and it's just, he didn't – he came in like fourth. It's like, I don't know how you can do that. It's like – these are like special, like once-in-a-lifetime seasons that Curry's having. And people are like, well, he's in eighth, so no. It's like – that's such a horrible argument. Like, yeah. is Joel Embiid going to get it? Because he's putting up great numbers like like Curry, like Jokic, and he's on the first-place team in the East. So yeah. is that is that going to help him in the MVP voting? I think it absolutely will. Because yeah. we've talked about it many times on this podcast. Does the MVP go to the best player on the best team in the regular season? Like Giannis was with mm. the Bucks last year. Um, yeah. When it, it doesn't not happen that way very often. I mean, we saw it with Russ in the Thunder in 2017. Yeah. So I'm hoping this is the year that kind of shake that up a little bit. Curry absolutely deserves it. Yep. Yeah, I want to see that as well. Um, I'm not really a big fan of the whole standing thing. If you also think about it, Embiid missed all that time, and his team still managed to maintain the first seed. Yeah. It's not a huge thing because the team didn't look nearly as good as they did when he was on the court. But we see the difference between the Warriors without Steph Curry, and we see the, team, the difference between the Sixers without Joel Embiid. The Warriors without Steph Curry are one of the worst offenses of all time, and the Sixers without Embiid are still good enough to maintain the first seed. Without Steph Curry, the Warriors managed one win out of eight games, and that was a game in which Wiggins had to go off for like 40 points against the Grizzlies. And then with him, they have a positive record, and they're positive by about five games. Yeah. So... Um, had he not gotten hurt, because you know it's Steph Curry, he's gotten he's had injury problems. If he didn't, you know, like hurt his butt, um, probably wouldn't have missed those like eight games, and they would be fighting for better than ninth seed right now. 
Um, I I definitely think that they could be a sleeper team. And if he if he can win the scoring title, hover around 50, 40, 90, and will the Warriors to the playoffs, I think that the MVP conversation should be between him and Jokic. Mm. Yeah. And the thing about the, the, the standings thing, like you were mentioning, is like, you know, Embiid's, Embiid's supporting cast, starting with Ben Simmons and all the others, I mean, it's far better than what Curry has. And for, 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 team, for people to pretty much value, to, to write people off MVP because they don't have as good of a supporting cast, people, the same people that like kind of ripped Trey Young for like a couple of years, not, not being, um, you know, uh, uh, near the playoff picture. It's like, well, his supporting cast wasn't that good. I mean, he was dropping 30 on, you know, 45 and 35 or so, you know, he, he was, he was playing well. I mean, what else do you want from him? So I think the same argument with Curry right now is like no Wiseman anymore. Andrew Wiggins is, you know, he is, he is who he is. Draymond Green, he, he's a great player, but he's not, he doesn't give you anything on the offensive end. So it's like Curry's carrying the team himself. And, you know, the, he's still, you know, like you said, willing in the playoffs. And if they do, it's tough. I think it's, I, I don't think he will win because of the narrative that gets based around the MVP voting that, like you said, Anthony, the number one seed, usually you got to be a top two, three, four seed in the league to win it. Um, but, you know, Curry for this year, kind of like how Harden was that year Giannis won. He's my MVP that year, and Curry's going to be mine this year. Yeah, absolutely. So just I I wanted to get that in during the NBA. Absolutely forgot. I got excited yep. about the draft. But <laughs> um, hopefully the Celtics can pick up a win tonight. Um, hopefully yep. Dylan burns that Anthony Davis shirt. Um, <laughs> if you guys haven't checked it out, please go check it out. You have to see it to believe it. We'll, mm. we'll leave a little link in in the description of this episode. And with that being said, hopefully we get Pat back next week. We get all four of us back. Maybe Graham or Spencer will join us, but uh, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, Go Celtics as always. And hopefully the next time we record, we will know uh, how the first round of the draft unfolded. So for sure you guys next week. Peace.